Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri of Psychic Medium and Good Witch and your host for this hour journey into the other world. And I have a great guest for you today, the one and only Opal Luna. That's a great name. And she's going to talk about fiber magic. Do you know what fiber magic is? Well, you will. But before we get there, I want to do a catch up on the week. Um, if you were listening to this when we first dropped the week of September 6th, happy Labor Day. I hope you guys had a great Labor Day yesterday. Um, and I don't have a lot going on this next week, but I want to tell you about what I just got back doing. I just got back from Michigan Paracon. It really was the biggest, funnest paranormal party on the planet. And that's a lot of peas. It was so much fun. I want to thank Brad Blair for putting it on. Um, I've done a lot of Paracons, but I usually do them out west, and they're a little smaller because you're in an old mining town because that's all we have that's old. We're at Virginia City or Nevada City or Hotel Leger. But this was like billions of people, well, at least 1,500, um, in a convention center in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And everybody who was anybody practically was there. People were so sweet and so nice. I did a mediumship gallery in a very, very large theater. Um, and the coolest part of that is the one thing that, oh, I don't have my audience runner to run the audience microphone around. So the beautiful and amazing, and one of the people I idolize, literally, Cindy Kaza ran my my microphone for me. So that's like having like a person that you love, admire and idolize schlep all your stuff. <laughs> but she was really good at it. And she was amazing. So I, I promised I'd do it for her the next day. And I did. Um, we did an amazing seance with Tim Shaw, uh, Reverend Tim Shaw, who's also he's been doing seances as long as I have or longer um, in like one of the world's best. And with Dig Hanglin giving us the play by play on the world's largest planchette on the most haunted Ouija board we could get out of the Historical Society Ouija Talking Board Museum. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of great. We live streamed it with My Paranormal, our new network. And besides my show, you guys, you have to check out everybody on My Paranormal. Bridget Marcourt, Sam Valtrius, Dean Hagelin. He's got a house renovation show, which he did some funny comedy on at our event the other day. But amazing people, amazing network. And it's a hub. Go to for contests, events, live events, and of course, all of our podcasts. Um, when you're hearing this, I probably just got back from Tennessee, which I haven't gone yet because we're taping this a few days before, um, but I'm going to be in Bristol, Tennessee, or I just was in Bristol, Tennessee, um, at, a, at a haunted Asian temple with a giant dragon table. You know me and dragons. I have dragons, and it's supposed to be some magically built by spiritual people. It's got a dragon on it. It breathes fire. And, of course, it's really haunted. And I'm going to be with my friend Mandy and the Ghost Sisters. So people can come to our mix and mingle, but then all the boys have to leave. It's a girls-only seance and paranormal investigation in Tennessee. So if you are a girl and you're in somewhere near Bristol, Tennessee, I hope you had a good time with me the other day. <laughs> Um, uh, but other than that, I do not have classes this week because I'm taking a short break from my House of Intuition classes just because I'm going into travel season. I'm home like zero weekends through Halloween in the first part of November. Um, and on my Sunday classes, what I've been taking with Haunted Diary, we are now rebranding. We are now changing our name to University Magicus, and it's 
my school. I have two partners, Father Sebastian, which we all know, and the guy who's been running the school, Nick Bonani in Italy. So a whole new school, a little bit more serious bent, always still witchcraft, paranormal, magic, spirituality, mystery school with a bit of a Harry Potter twist to it. But uh, that's gonna start uh, just in a week or so and a whole new school. Again, same affordable prices, amazing teachers. So nobody has any excuse to not learn this stuff if they actually want to. So no courses, really fun weekend stuff. I think the next weekend stuff I have is the weekend of September 25th. And that's two things. One, I'm doing this wonderful witchy weekend in a haunted house with Sal Santoro from The Crooked Path. It's a book signing. It's it's a seance. It's an, all sorts of magical, really witchy things we are doing. And it happens to be the national world, the world's largest ghost hunt run by my friend Maria. So I brought in my other friend, Frankie Frank, and his whole paranormal team, paranormal teams, all over the planet on that very night i think it's the 25th september 25th all the most haunted places in the world the not known haunted places in the world we're all going to be doing it that saturday night live stream throughout the world um so check that out i'll post it on my social media as of taping this a week and a half in i'm sorry to say i am still held hostage on instagram i've been hacked they're working on it, but I am not in yet. So honestly, if anybody has got a note from me on Instagram asking for money or telling them they need a reading, it is not me. I would never done that. I would never do that. I have not just report it and let me know. Um, Facebook's mine, Twitter's still mine. So check what I'm doing there or my website. Um, again, classes will be back in a week or two and lots of fun travel. So come meet me in person. I would love that. Time for my favorite part of every day. It's the Willow Update. This week's report is what I have learned from my five-month-old puppy about life, about people, about enjoying life and embracing life. Because if anybody enjoys life and embraces life and makes more friends than anybody I know, it's this five-month-old puppy. Um, because I've always been a dog person. I've always had dogs, except for my last um, pup, Dora, passed away just before the pandemic. So we spent a year and a half pretty much without a dog. And then Willow came along. And all of a sudden, we're out front in a long, regular little neighborhood in the Hollywood Hills. And people walking by, all of a sudden, with the one wag of a tail, one friendly little bark, Everybody smiles, everybody runs over, everybody says, what a cute dog, and wag, 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 and wag, wag, wag is a puppy dog smile. And all of a sudden, I am meeting and talking to neighbors that I haven't even met yet. And it's a pretty dang friendly neighborhood, and I pretty much know almost everybody anyway, but there's this whole new set. And it's all because of her openness, her joy of life, and, and her enthusiasm about meeting people and life itself. So I, I just realized again, and I'm the queen of this stuff too. You guys are going to go, but you're always happy. And you're, well, it's a choice and it's much more fun to live life happy and enthusiastic. And guess what? Your life is happier and more enthusiastic if you so choose to. Um, so again, other than chewing, wag your tail when people walk by, smile. Um, 
find the joy of life everywhere, whether it's chasing a butterfly or a little ball across the thing or those average things you do every day. Life is what you make of it. Dial it up, dial it up, (laughs) but do stop chewing. Anyway, that's my Willow Report. We know everybody in the Hollywood Hills now. Everybody. (laughs) For this week's magic, I thought I would do a little protection magic. I mean, there's a lot going on in this world. I can't guarantee that this will work against viruses or the fires going on in the West or the tornadoes and hurricanes in Louisiana or everything this poor planet is going through right now. And I do want to send my love and strength and prayers and good wishes to everybody that's affected by all this stuff going on. But in addition to that, for the rest of us, everybody's still a little bit on edge. Everybody, you know, we still have this pandemic going on. We still have unrest. We have possible war. We have scary, scary things that that, that make us uncomfortable. And when we're uncomfortable, we have an energy that goes out and we're often extra needy, extra cranky. So decides that we are, everybody else is too. So when we're out and about, I can almost guarantee that almost all of you listening to this show are empaths. Empath means you take on other people's energy. Um, that guy's headache, her angst, her sadness. And you don't know why, because people listening to this, you're in my world, the spiritual world, the witchy world, the metaphysical world, the paranormal world. We're special. We take on this stuff. We open that third eye. And when we're out there sometimes, especially in these crazy times, we're taking on this stuff. So I want to tell you about my mirror protection ritual. It's magic. It's easy. And it really, really works. Um, so the thing I want you to do is first, I always like to run it, it light through your body first, cause you don't want to be sealing in a bunch of cranky stuff yourself. Um, and remember energy is just as solid as anything solid because nothing's solid. This isn't solid. Microphone's not solid. This wall, seventh grade science, remember moving atoms. It's all moving around anyway. So the same is for the other worlds, not just spirits, but the energy and the protections we create. So know the mirror we're going to talk about is just as solid and just as real as a real mirror. So the first thing I want everybody to do is run light through your body. Sometimes I do it like an explosion through the heart, like pew, like a little star. And I, okay, take a deep breath in. I just, I want to get rid of my own crankiness just for a second or, or just toxicness or just imbalance just for a second. And then I like to have a little physicality. I used to like snap my finger and I picture a beautiful mirrored egg all around my body. Um, Mirror on the outside, whatever you want on the inside. I, I, a lot of people I know picture the Chicago bean. I do. I, I sometimes look through what people I'm working with, and I saw that for the first time, and I'm like looking through someone else's eyes, and I go, that is the strangest egg I've ever seen. And she goes, that's the Chicago bean. And, and I've seen it several times since. So whatever shape your egg wants to be, mirror on the outside. Now, I want you to empower that mirror. Remember, intent and desire is everything that nothing negative can get into you. Nothing negative, whether purposely sent or not. Somebody else just empathic, their crankiness, their sadness, 
or somebody who is purposely throwing shade at you. Those energy vampires out there, those aren't the good kind of vampires I hang with. Those, those ones that suck your energy, some purposely, some not, but the ones that drain you. Again, it could be the people you work with or live with or hang with or just people walking by on the street. So I want you, this mirror, nothing negative gets in. All the good stuff gets in, but nothing negative gets in. So when people are walking by, if they are throwing stuff at you, it doesn't affect you at all. You have this beautiful shield. The cool thing, the really cool thing about making it out of mirror is when versus cement or titanium or 48 feet of steel is mirror is reflective. When people are purposely throwing it at you, like those jealous people or the envious people, those people that just make themselves feel better by making other people feel bad, and we all know those folks, that when they're throwing that at you, subconsciously, they are going to see how ugly they look, just a little bit. As they're looking in the mirror, they're gonna see throwing that shade at you, and they're gonna see how unattractive they are. And guess what? Because it's a mirror, it's gonna just a tiny bit bounce back and sing them, just a tiny bit. You're not doing anything. And the best part of that even is they're gonna sort of see through that mirror and see you in there protected. And you haven't been affected at all. You are sitting there lovey-dovey and you could just send them love, send them anything you want because you haven't been affected. So those people, especially throwing it on purpose, don't even get the payback of, wow, I upset them. I took their energy. They get nothing from it. So the next time they're going by that they're doing it again, they don't throw that shade so hard. And soon enough, they give up altogether because it just didn't work. Now, it sounds really weird and you go, that can't work, but try it. Now, it's kind of weird because we still have a pandemic, but we're going back. The best place to try this is someplace crowded. A crowded elevator is really great. A concert is really great when we get those again. But an elevator, we're getting back into elevators. Um, but go into, say you're in a crowded elevator. Nobody there probably even knows you. No one's throwing shade at you. Do your little breath cleanse. Do your little snap. I'm covered with mirror. You will notice people literally in the elevator with you step back a little if they can and usually smile at you because they're seeing their own reflection in the mirror and it's nice. And they're seeing you through it and, and they'll step back a little. And if they can't step back a little, like if you really are sardined in wherever you are, elevator, all of a sudden your personal space isn't invaded. We always talk about the personal space. We have this area that we are. All That mirror protects your personal space. So that if they smile or they don't and you, everybody gets out of the elevator and you haven't done it. So now you know that it works with people who aren't even show, sending you shade. The next time you're with people who are with that jealousy, with that envy, with that throwing whatever it is that makes them feel better to try to get your energy, they can't have it. So give it a try. Beautiful mirror protection age. Um, beautiful mirror protection bubble. Egg ball. Sorry about that. I'm like, age. What's an age? I'm hearing myself. So it's a beautiful mirrored protection egg, kind of like a cone of silence. And I'm going to go back to that whenever I can. 
shows my age horribly. <laughs> Get smart. Cone of silence. I called it something else a couple of weeks ago. It's like that, only it's a full leg, and it really protects you, and nobody can hear you through it, or you can't hear them. Not the bad stuff. Anyway, that's your magic for this week. Remember, magic is everywhere. And remember, magic and ritual doesn't have to be big, complicated workings with candles and herbs and oils. It could be the snap of a finger and change of intent. But without further ado, let me introduce to you my beautiful guest. I'm so excited to learn this, Miss Opal Luna. Let's learn about fiber magic, shall we? This week, we have a beautiful guest. Let me introduce you to Opal Luna. She's a longtime witch, crocheter, and teacher. She's also an active member of UUCFL and Moonpath CUUPS, which she'll have to tell us what that is. And you could visit her at fibermagic.com. Yes, fiber magic. So tell us about, you have a new book coming out, right? Called, it's about fiber magic. So yes. what's fiber magic? How welcome, welcome by the oh, way, Opal. Thank you. Thank Welcome you so to the much. Show. Thank you so much. It's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, yes, I have a book coming out uh, in November entitled Fiber Magic: A Witch's Guide to Spellcasting Using Crochet, Knotwork, and Weaving. And it's basically good old-fashioned knot magic and a blend of sympathetic magic that allows you to create tangible expressions of your intention as part of your, it can be part of your uh, practice or it can be a spiritual path for the crafter in, in the whole. Yeah. That is beautiful. Again, cause I'm not a crafty person. I, I do a little bit of not magic, not much. I'll do witches ladders but I, I just don't have those skills. I'm looking at you, not everybody is visual, but I see a, this beautiful basket of yarn right there and this beautiful almost mandala-like rainbow thing. Did you make that behind you? What is that? Yes, that is a crocheted mandala and it is in the book. The pattern for that is in the book. The book it has uh, 76 different patterns with hundreds of color um, photographs. So step-by-step -step guides to do this yourself. That is, so how did you combine this? How did you get on your witchy path? What is your history? What is your origin story there? How did you, which came first, the crochet or the witch? <laughs> <laughs> the crochet. Um, my granny, Lula, who was a four square Pentecostal Baptist from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, taught me to crochet when I was eight years old. So there was a magic there, a spirituality there. It, um, it's been a part of my life so long. It's uh, been a comfort, uh, an escape, a focus. Um, even in my Christian days, I would put well wishes for the baby when I made a blanket or whatever. And um, I began to make prayer shawls, right? So I had a, a woman tell me, this is your ministry, you know, and that was, that was very interesting to me, that this could be my spirituality. When I was introduced to witchcraft and began learning about that type of spirituality, I realized that what most witches do with herbs and crystals 
I was already doing with yarn and buttons and beads, right? So I just took it to the next level and started using it as a magical practice, going through the steps as if you were going to do a spell or a ritual with clearing your space and thinking about the energy that you're putting into your work. Um, this can be done even if the item you're making is not meant for a ritual or ceremony. Uh, take a, a washcloth or a, a dish rag, right? Uh, you can crochet one of those quite easily. It's a very mundane item, but then you add healing to that item and washing the dishes becomes a magical experience. You know, it's just a way to add more spirit into your everyday life. I love that. I mean, I do similar, but not with the crochet, like I'll carve into my soap. So my rubbing soap on my body could be a magical experience. So I like that you do it into a dish rag or a dishcloth and stuff. And those of us who understand magic is, you know, spirit gets caught in knots and you were sitting like what not magic is. So you're sitting there nodding. So when you're crocheting, whether it's a washcloth or a blanket or a prayer shawl, are you almost in a, in a magical state uh, or, you know, a, a sacred state as you're working? Are you putting that intention is as you crochet, crochet, yes. crochet? Yes, yes. You can get there by using the same steps you would in basic magic. Um, clear your circle, cast your circle, uh, draw down spirit and raise energy, and then have that come through your hands into the item that you're making. Um, also in the book, I have uh, gone deeper into the correspondences that you would use in sympathetic magic, um, meanings for the numbers, because we do a lot of counting when we do uh, crochet, knitting, a cross stitch, you know, it's all counting. So what do those numbers mean? So there's a certain amount of numerology that you can uh, glean from this and ah. add that layer. It's like layers and layers, you know what I mean? Um, the color of what the what the yarn is made of. Is it cotton? Is it bamboo? What does this all mean? And it makes a recipe. Oh, like the kitchen witch that makes something for you to eat. The crafter witch, the fiber magician. That's what I call my students. The fiber magician makes things for you to wear or look at or share with other people. It's the same idea. I love that. Um, <laughs> so if somebody, okay, so say somebody again, they're, 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 maybe they're new on their path, they're looking on their path and, and, and they're going, wow, I haven't even thought about crocheting or knitting or, or not magic along the way. Um, of course, when getting your book come November is really great. So do you, do you would do like, say if, if I was going to a crystal store or herbs and apothecary and I'm going to feel out, oh, I need some mugwort. I need some of this. Do you have people do that when they go to a yarn store, say I've, what you're led to material wise and color wise? And yeah, oh, yes. When I go into the yarn store, <laughs> I'm looking at, first of all, what the fiber I'm using, cotton or what have you, and the properties of that, the color that it's in. I also love the uh, 
spirit of the yarn, I look at the names. I'm like so attracted to the names of the yarn, like a camouflage or a sunset. If I make a dragon from that yarn, I name him Sunset. And right from the beginning, I'm talking to him as I'm creating him. And he, he's going to go to someone who needs him. I, I get a connection especially when I know who I'm making something for and I'll keep that connection. I'm a Reiki master as well. So I'll keep that connection as a long distance Reiki bank. And sometimes that little dragon or pop, it will pop into my head and I'll think, uh, maybe that person needs a little zhuzh, you know, and I'll send them a little long distance for the greater good. And if it's still acceptable, but I figure if you if you bought something that I made for you, then you're you're open to my magic. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes. you've already asked for the magic. You've got permission. Yes, so most most people, most people say yes, please. So my my work comes with a maintenance plan. <laughs> uh, I I so what? Okay, I love that. Then we'll get into what I was going to point. I see a little like angel or something behind you. So you make you mentioned dragon. Oh, is that a mermaid? Oh, again, not everyone could see that, but it's like this is a the hippie goddess. Okay, um, the the pattern for her is in the book, not necessarily a hippie. It's just the basic uh, modern goddess shape with the cone up, and then the waist, and of course, buxom, and the arms over the head, and. You can put a mermaid tail. There's a mermaid tail in the book, so you can add that to it if you like. And then every project in the book goes with your intention. You embellish it your way. And she could be a hippie. She could be a goth. I've made them uh, springtime. Just you're only limited by your own imagination, really. So that this this goddess can stand on your altar or can be given as a gift. I call them my emotional support poppets. Ah, I mean, that is the most beautiful fancy poppet I've ever seen. <laughs> so you really do use them as magical dolls, like you would charge yes. a poppet or a, create a spirit out of it, a fetish or something like. Absolutely. Ah. If someone were to order a doll like this, they could choose uh, what herbs I would put in the stuffing, you know, and, and mm. maybe crystals. And then, of course, you've got her jewelry. She's got a turquoise headband and a peace sign around her neck. So you can add more and more intention as you, you know, dress her up. That is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I have honestly, yes, I've been under a rock, never seen anything like that. And, and, uh, and, and when, yeah, when I heard you made dragons, because I'm kind of a dragon girl, and well, I'm also a doll girl. I'm pop pop, it's doll. I'm a doll collector of everything. So, I so I guess it's limitless to your imagination, like you were saying, right? So yes, absolutely, yeah. And so do need, you work? Go on. I, oh, and the need that comes. I love a good challenge. So I have actually made uh, dogs and cats that look like someone's um, puppy that went over the rainbow bridge as a remembrance poppet and things like that. So uh, it's just, it's, there's no end to the healing work that you can do with this skill. 
And it doesn't have to be crochet, although I'm a big advocate for crochet and I've taught thousands of people to crochet, I think, but um, it's not for everyone. But knitting and all fiber magic can be done with any, you know, fiber art. But also, like you were, like you were saying, you carve. Okay, what about a, a pottery where you are conscious of the type of clay you're using, um, you know, and how, what color it is and how you're going to fire it? You can still use these same principles in pottery, painting, anything, anything. Wow. That is amazing. So, so I am, and I'm sure people can feel it. Like if you have things, like you said, healing, even in a dish rag or something, do you still do like shawls and like sacred robes and things that people can do? Or a, I'm picturing like a, a energy poncho, a health poncho. I'm picturing, you know, right. Couldn't yes. you do stuff like that? Absolutely. You know, I'm still making those prayer shawls. I'm still making um, uh, blankets for uh, hospice. Uh, there's plenty of my my uh, little lap gans in the, you know, circulating in the hospice, bringing uh, um, comfort where they can. <clears throat> and the book goes into uh, spells and uh, ways that you can do it so that you can or to them to a person or to a situation so that they can be just let go in the world to do, you know, to do good. Always that good. is amazing. <laughs> um, because I never thought, again, I'm not that artsy crafty person, but I, a decade or two decades ago, when first those little, not first, because they were in from the 60s, well, they were on forever, little crocheted, like poncho-y type things. Mm -hmm. uh, those became my like protection thing in my work because I do a lot of work other side of the veil and I go into non-spiritual groups and my paranormal stuff and if you can't always put on your cloak you know your cape and your cloak I started wearing these little like kind of crocheted not even like handmade by for me or by anything and they were just in themselves the little bit of intention I put in them were so protective and magical I just knew the second I put them on but had I known something was you know, made by the artist, by the witch, by the crocheter, who with every knot is putting those attributes, I can only imagine. Yeah, that could be a good protection. Um, you could wear it while you're going through, you know, chemo or the chemo hats, you know, are good, are a good thing anyway. It, it, but it's a it's a it's a vanity item kind of but um it could also be an armor yeah. you know if you put that intention into it it's all about uh, your intention really you know and your hands are your most magical tools <laughs> and when you're when you're using them when you start uh we when I have, when I do a session to teach magic crochet, we always start. Uh, my my goddess is uh, Minerva, um, not Minerva Athena from the Greek pantheon, but Minerva from the Etruscan way back when. My wow. my my family roots. My grandmother was born in Tuscany, just north of Rome, in that area where the Etruscans, you know, settled before Rome was a big deal. And 
the pantheon was the triad and one member of the triad was Minerva and um, that, you know, she's everything to me. But uh, I light a candle and I say the fiber magic poem, um, a picture in the mind so clear, it must travel down the artist's arm and come alive to greet the world as clothing fair or blanket warm. Hidden deep beneath the threads, love so strong it will not fade, so much more it must along when we give life to that handmade. Blessed, oh, blessed be. <laughs> I just got goosebumps all over. <laughs> Every, every word, every sound coming out of your mouth was pure magic. I Thanks. see the magic you put. I mean, the, I see the magic you put into everything. So when you're doing attributes, you, uh, you said that you do you go by color, which is how mm -hmm. we do in the correspondence. Is you go by the kind of material, if it's a cotton or a silk or a bamboo. Mm -hmm. Do you work, once you do that, do you work with deity like Minerva? Do you work with elements like, oh, I need a little water element here or fire or things like that? Or how do you kind of put it together? Well, buddy, you should ask. I have actually assigned the four major um, crochet stitches an element. <gasps> would you like me to show you? Yes, <laughs> I would like, love for you to show me. For, yes. I can explain it as I go for those who are not, you know, you, you always start with a slip knot, okay, and a foundation chain. So to me, the foundation chain is just, it's like earth because it is so, it's, it's your foundation, right? So you've got this foundation that you lay wow. everything else on, that's your earth. Now, right above the earth, you do a single crochet and laying on the land is the water. So this single crochet is your water that you put right on the earth. And so when you are making something, if you want the element of water, you can use this stitch even if the thing is going to be red. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you, you use different colors, but you still get the water in there. I love that. And, and those of you who can't see who are just audio, the, the magic with her, her fingers are just like a ballet dancer. I, what you're doing again, I would I would look like a lumberjack doing that. But the the ease of where wow, you're knit, so okay. Earth I and try, water. I, I'm I'm just. Okay, I, I try to remind people. You know, I've been doing this for over fifty years. So if I wasn't good at it by now, I should have tried something else. <laughs> so don't be intimidated. Any, you know, I I think that. People can learn this. Not it's not. I mean, this before the industrial age, every child had to learn a skill like this. It was necessary. Um, right now, it's extra. Okay, so now we got fire. Yes. Fire. Fire is a half double crochet because you yarn over, put it through the stitch, yarn over, pull up, yarn over, pull through three. And it dances like a fire, dances like the fire, like this. But it's still 
makes a nice um, material. So that fire is like a wall, like a very, I like this. This is my favorite stitch, really, my half double crochet. But then what air, you go up to the double crochet, yarn over, insert the hook, yarn over, pull through, yarn over, pull through two, yarn over, pull through two. You're way up in the air with this stitch. It's a tall stitch. And it actually, it, it lends itself to weaving through. Wow. So, so if you make something out of the air, then you can weave another material through the stitches. That is beautiful. So you're sitting there putting the elements of water, the flow of things into your thing, the fire, you're getting the passion in there, all with the stitch. That is brilliant. <laughs> no matter what color you're using or material you're using, you can add a little oomph of uh, a certain element just like that. So you set it up in sacred space, like you said, you, you create your, your sacred area to do it. Um, do you do some kind of a charge at the end when, the, when your piece is finished, whatever that is, send it up to the heavens? Or? Uh, yes, you know, you, you bless, you have a, a blessing, a little blessing ceremony, and you tell the energy that you've put into this object what its purpose is and who it's for. You know, um, I try to be creative and have a little different um, way of uh, blessing each item in the book. So each pattern takes you from preparation, doing the, the project, and then blessing the project, start to finish in a magical way. Yeah, right. Which is to me works the mind, body, spirit, because you're creating what is the idea, what color, color, you're the body is you're doing the working and the spirit is the blessing thereof. It's just like creation working dispatch to me and what a spell working is. So, ah, that is so cool. So what are kind of things now I'm looking right now, I'm looking at a candle. That, is that a crocheted or knitted candle holder? Candle cozy, yes. Oh my this, gosh. This pattern is in the book and the pattern for this sigil Oh, let me talk about sigils. Please. I can crochet sigils. And um, <laughs> I, I was questioned on that point uh, at first, but uh, the way I explain it is that a sigil is a big energy brought down to a small plate that can then be released when needed, yes? So when we crochet a sigil, we are taking a big idea like, piece and we are putting it into this small space and I go through in the book the as you do the stitches what you should be thinking inner piece outer piece as you're doing all the steps to it and then when you're done if you've made it out of a natural fiber like cotton it can be burned or buried just like a paper sigil. So ah. it works. But if you're going to just use it as a, as a candle dressing, so you can make these candle cozies and put whatever you want to on there, then, I mean, this is a nice orange candle for my creativity. But if I were gonna go to the dollar store, say, and pick up a bunch of white candles, I could make them into anything I needed, just like that. And it's instant candle dressing. 
I love it in, in a whole other way. Again, with something that's already been made magically within itself, even more than sitting there carving onto a candle or something. It's like a tactile thing. Wow. Yeah, so you said you you like a challenge. What what are some of the biggest challenges you've had, either from people that hiring you to do it or that you've created yourself? What's a good challenge? To make a puppy dog look like a puppy dog is, <laughs> you know, I made a French bulldog, life-size French bulldog. Um, and when I gave it to the um, the customer, they cried because that was her baby. It looked just oh. like baby. So that was challenging and rewarding, you know. Um, think of something else. Uh, just to to find a new uh, stitch or to to be asked to do a, a pattern I've never done before that I that I have to make friends with, you know, I just I like that challenge, you know, make make this for me. And they just show me a picture of something. Mm -hmm. no pattern. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Well, okay. Yeah. I was like, ah. Um, I am looking at your, your beautiful basket of yarn and it looks like on the handle of that looks almost like a dream catcher or something or a spider web. Is that nice some spider web? Yeah. Um, the spider is my, um, animal totem, of course, the, the weaver, you know, oh. and, and her weaving. Um, also Minerva's owl is here. Uh, that's, that's important. Um, what else? Oh, the tools of the trade. You're, you have to consecrate the tools that you're going to use when you do straight up magical stuff. Maybe you want a certain crochet hook that you use all the time. I have that. And uh, and here, these white handled scissors, my boline. <laughs> Look at that carved. It's a curved uh, blade. A, a boline is a white handled knife with a curved blade that's used for snipping herbs and things during magical use. So I wow. found myself a pair of scissors that reminded me of that. And it became my boleen that I snipped little pieces off of. <laughs> that is beautiful. So of course your tools, your like your athame, your wand, your chalice, it's your scissors. Yeah. Your, <sighs> your hook would be your wand, your a uh, yarn needle would be your athame and um, your scissors would, would then be your sword or your bowling. Sure. Wow. Ah. <laughs> um, so this book that's coming out. So uh, do, do you have, for those of us, maybe our crafty challenge, do you have easy things in the beginning of the book going, okay, I want to learn this kind of magic, but I'm not particularly talented. Do you have like, you know, kindergartner versions. <laughs> my, my goal here was to make the crafter more spiritual and the spiritual more crafty. So, of course, I start right from the beginning. Explain what not magic is. Show you how to perform not magic. Show you how to do things that are not crocheting at first. Go through weaving and braiding. Witch's ladder you know, and all, all that first. So you can do a lot of magical things before you get to chapter seven, which mm -hmm. is introduction to uh, crocheting. And that again, starts right from the beginning with illustrations of the stitches 
And I, I also have a YouTube channel that Fiber Magic is a YouTube channel. So you could find me actually doing those things. So you could watch me and, uh, you know, so that's that would be a good help if you're just learning how to crochet. So yeah. is that the name of your YouTube channel, Fiber Magic? Or does it yeah. go by your name? That's fiber. beautiful. Everything's fiber magic. Fiber magic Instagram, fiber magic Twitter, fiber magic uh, Tumblr, fibermagic.com, fiber magic Facebook. <laughs> I love it. The fiber, you are the fiber magic goddess. <laughs> so uh, again, this book comes out in November for everybody. It looks Pretty darn amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy when we all can. Yeah, again, well, pre-order now. You can pre-order at Llewellyn.com. It's it's uh, available to pre-order. So how much in your home, you have a beautiful home for those of us who can see it there. How much in your home has been handmade by you? Crocheted <laughs> or knitted or knotted or pretty much everything? <laughs> Quite a bit. It's, it's sewn or crocheted or 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 wood done by my husband, the drummer. Oh. Um, Carl, the drum guy, does woodworking and wood burning and creates primitive style drums, five-sided drums. That those are his drums in the background. I'm looking at those drums right now. Yes. <laughs> so, those are beautiful. So we are we are a crafty household. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. 90 percent of our household is handmade. That is that is that is amazing, and they're beautiful drums for people who can't see it. I, so we're both married to drummers. I'm married to a, your classic, you know, American style, Buddy Rich style drums, which my mm -hmm. husband refurbishes and makes. But we actually produce a drum show called the Hollywood Drum Show. We've been doing it 20 years, up until pandemic, and come back, and we have the best drum makers in the world and things. So I, as soon as I thought saw those drums, that's great. So I must say we are taping this a few days before we air. And Charlie Watts, the drummer of the Rolling Stones, passed passed on today. So I want to give a little heads up to Charlie Watts, one of my favorite drummers ever, other than my husband, of course, and uh, wish him well on his journey. Yes, uh, here's to the to the journey, and those who are remembered live, and he will live exactly. Long. He will on live and on and fine, odd Charlie Watts rhythm. <laughs> Um, so tell people again, before we go, this is, I just have so many questions and it's just such a foreign language to me, this, this craft <laughs> thing. I don't even know the difference. What is the difference of crocheting and knitting? Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Down to the, yes. Well, crocheting is done with the hook, right? The, you, that I demonstrated a crochet hook. If you see someone using two needles, two long pointy sticks, that is knitting. Yes. Oh, two sticks for knitting, one hook for crochet. Thank right. you. Just gone decades not knowing the difference and now I, that's such an easy difference. Hey, thank you. <laughs> So can you tell the difference when something's been made? Is it obvious to somebody going, oh, that's been knit and that's been crocheted? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, knitting is usually a, a more intricate work. Um, it would be as if I crocheted everything with just that um, slip stitch, that initial stitch. Uh, crocheting is uh, a little quicker. Um, uh, not for everybody. Some people can knit up a storm, you know, but uh, you'll find that knitting 
lends itself better to clothing because it's a, a better fit because you can you make a more intricate pattern. And crocheting, though, is uh, better, in, in my uh, view, to make dolls and teddy bears and things because you get a, a more substantial uh, stitch. So that's that's a big difference. One of the differences. You okay. can tell Thank the way. you. I learn so much every day. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to get that book, learn how to do it, and then I'll show you my handiwork next time that you're on. Going, yes. Is there magic? I'm, I'm good with the magic part. We don't know what it'll look like. Well, so can you anybody what? who's Anybody who's on Facebook can join the Fiber Magic Coven on Facebook. I have a group. And we share all our craftiness on that. And um, you don't have to be a crocheter or a knitter or anything because we have a photographer that weaves dark and light. So we always have pictures of the full moon and we have a crystal grid builder, beautiful work. And we have a tarot reader. So we get a, a card every day. So join the coven. So where is that on Facebook? on Facebook, the Fiber Magic Coven. Oh, I'm going there. So everybody check out Opal Fiber Magic Coven. And where else can people find you? Uh, Fibermagic.com, uh, Fiber Magic on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Just How do you have Fiber Magic? <laughs> your, your computer will blow up. <laughs> Well, that makes me happy. Thank you for bringing your magic to us and to, again, a new whole area of the craft that I've certainly pouring to me and I'm excited about. And for those who could see your beautiful bar, how do you keep your, the one big mystery of the world, how do you keep your cats out of your balls of yarn? You know, uh, my cats know better. Uh, sometimes they'll like put a little head on the, uh, 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 but they, for some reason, they know better. And also my yarn um, is uh, protected by selenite. Oh, <laughs> I got a big, big look chunk at of that. selenite in that basket. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is perfect. That is such a witchy thing to do. <laughs> Pull out a big rock. Well, Opal, I cannot thank you enough for coming on The Witching Hour and bringing your magic. Um, I'm really am excited about your book. I'm a little worried about the dexterity of my fingers, but I, I, I oh, thank you. It's always something, just the, the basic chain stitch. You can do that with your fingers. You don't even need a hook for that. <laughs> yeah, okay. You take away the There's sharp tools. There's plenty of magic you could do with knots. <laughs> I, my mom always did say that, take away the sharp tools. I remember I, like in Girl Scout <laughs> age or Bluebird age, and our only overnight thing, um, we were supposed to be making our own dinner and, and they handed me a potato peeler. And my oh. mom goes, you better not hand her that. <laughs> and they've well, kept me out of the kitchen ever since. So, that's why yeah. I like the hook and not the pointy sticks. <laughs> there you go, the hook. It's much less, it can't put the eyes out quite so quickly. Anyway, everybody, Opal, say the name of your book one more time. Fiber Magic, A Witch's Guide to Spell Work using crochet, knotwork, and weaving. It's available at Wellen.com. Yes, come November, so you guys check it out. I'm going to. Opal, thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Very, very much so. And thank stay you. crafty. Stay crafty. <laughs>
paranormal network.